0: On this show, we will discuss elements of the story, which may also include some spoilers. So this is your official spoiler alert. It's okay if you haven't read the book, but if you're looking to avoid having
1: it spoiled, go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in never losing the Childlike Joy of Reading. I said it a little different that time you did. I tend to kind of just say it the same way.
2: Yeah, you did add a different inflection Nothing there. Nothing
1: distinguishes the, the episodes. The
2: Childlike Joy of Reading. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that We need that every episode. <laughs> That's the energy I'm looking for. My name is Sam and today I'm a proud but sad Hufflepuff hmm. because we know who really won the Triwizard Cup. And I am joined by Sarah, my sister-in-law, a former high school English teacher with two kids who reads 85 books a year and is a... Gr- Gryffindor! Okay, I not want to upstage you there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you really can't upstage me with that, <laughs> Gryffindor!
1: <laughs> Sarah, how are you doing?
2: I'm great. You Glad great? to be here.
1: Life is grand?
2: Life is grand. I have a four-year-old now. You have
1: a four-year-old. 4 Davis just had his he fourth did. birthday. He did,
2: so he'll be ready to read Harry Potter in about... Seven years.
1: Seven years, yeah. <laughs> that is So this is the book I feel like where it kind of, so say Davis starts mm-hmm. reading Harry Potter yeah. when he's 11. I almost feel like when he gets through book three, it almost feels like, hey, pause. Yeah. And read book four, you're going to need some, like this is where it starts to ramp yeah. up. Yeah, I feel
2: like I don't want my kids to read this one until they're at least 13. Yeah. Just... Like it's PG 13.
1: So you're almost gonna have to like stagger it where you're like, I probably just like, you books. can read one a year. Oh. Hmm.
2: But if they're anything like me, it's not gonna work. Right. And they're gonna read them.
1: They know they're in the house. They're yep. gonna find them. That is an interesting thing though for people who, like as you're growing up, obviously only one book comes out. Mm-hmm. But now it's like they're all out. They're all
2: out and the, all the movies.
1: Deathly Hallows is nowhere close right. to, I'm not gonna say appropriate for an 11 year old, but it's gonna be difficult. It's
2: tougher. I under I honestly don't feel like an eleven or twelve year old would like Deathly Hallows yeah, very much. Too. Like it's it's a challenging read just in general. Like getting through the first half, right. it's kind of a slow moving plot, and I feel like eleven and twelve year olds right want.
1: Well, even snapping. this one's pretty slow moving. In yeah. there and it starts to get into the you know the girlfriends and the dating mm-hmm. and the relationships, and I feel like there's eleven year olds still have a little bit of them. which' just like Ugh, girls are kissing grills, books. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like we all were when we were yeah. 11.
2: <laughs>
1: Well, if you can't already tell, this week we read Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the fourth installment in the fabled world phenomenon that is the Harry Potter series. It was published in July 2000, and Sarah, did you know this was the first in this series to be published on the same day in both the U.S. and in Britain?
2: I did know that because you told me last week. Oh. Yep.
0: Oops. Man. Maybe
2: you told me, or hmm. maybe I told myself. No, er, cancel. Nat told me that. We were looking yes. up the book. <laughs> Did
1: you just cancel yourself? I
2: cancel myself. <laughs> uh, I knew that only because Nat and I were looking up the book release dates. Oh, right. Last night.
1: <laughs> right. Well, this was July 2000. Uh, and you, this was one you remember going to get at midnight, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Take me back to how old were you?
2: 2000. I, 11 or 12? So maybe not too, maybe not midnight, but my dad was in the military. Right. Shout out Papa Tim. Um, <laughs> we, my Reading dad Harry in the Potter right now That's at 4
1: a.m. somewhere.
2: We, <laughs> <laughs> we're cheering you on. <laughs> so my dad was in the military and for all you military folk out there, you know about The Navy Exchange, and Mm. you can get goods without tax on the Navy Exchange, and usually discounted. Wow. And so we would get our Harry Potter books the day it released from the Navy Exchange, so we could get it for, like...
1: The Navy got you all Harry Potter. They did.
2: We don't have many perks.
1: That's amazing. But
2: we got, like, tax-free Harry Potter.
1: So you're saying they shipped them to you, Hmm?
2: Nobody laugh at that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i didn't get to do
1: my speaking of you know transition this time because we went straight into harry potter so i had to get one terrible dad joke in there did you also know that jk rowling said she knew this would be a bigger book even theorized it might be the biggest because harry's horizons were widening both literally and physically and she also wanted a more complex pot Inter-
2: a complex plot <laughs> a
1: complex a more complex plot
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was complex.
1: Absolutely. She
2: did what she wanted to do. There yeah. are a lot of layers of this book.
1: Right. And I think the horizons broadening is kind of the key to this book. This is yeah. where things really start to get so complex. I mean, Yes. She's doing a lot in 1 through 3, but I feel like it's pretty straightforward where this there is so much going on. Yeah. I mean, Harry doesn't get to Hogwarts until like what? Page 180 or something in this book because we go to the Quidditch World Cup. We have all our adventures there. Yeah, Hogwarts Express is on page 158. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of background. A
1: lot of ground being covered. Yes, 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 yes. Well, speaking of this time, what did you enjoy most this time around?
2: What did I enjoy most? Um, There were a lot of just funny moments in this book. There were some good moments um just building the wizarding world I always enjoy the quidditch world cup um yeah I really always enjoy them describing the tents that they stay yes. in that's just yes. very entertaining to me mm-hmm. what about you
1: I as uh, the quidditch world cup okay. was, as a soccer fan I just love that there's also a quidditch world cup yeah um and my favorite part <laughs> this is talking about Harry's br- horizons broadening yeah. he's, you know he's he's 14 now and he's discovered that he's attracted to women and <laughs> I love the scene with the Vela the Vela yeah, I don't Vila, know how to Vela where <laughs> it talks about the spell they put on everybody Yes, and it says uh, and as the Vela danced faster and faster wild half formed thoughts started chasing through Harry's dazed mind <laughs> he wanted to do something very impressive right now jumping from the box into the stadium seemed a good idea but would it be enough? 14-year-old <laughs> boys, the moment a pretty girl shows up.
2: Right. Well, in the villa, they're extra pretty. So, yes. yeah, I loved that. I also love the moment um in the World Cup when they're watching the game. And it's just such a small moment. It's not significant at all. But Harry is watching it on those...
1: Omnoculars.
2: Omnoculars. And he has it going in slow-mo and he misses something and Hermione's like, <laughs> you need to go back to normal speed or yeah. whatever that line is. Right. It's just like, it's a fun little wizarding world
1: yeah. moment. But also we get a lot more Voldemort. Yes. And Death Eaters. Like yeah. we, we were introduced to the dark mark in this story. We actually see the Death Eaters which they interrupt the footage world. Yes. Kind of. What was your thought on that as we start to see more of the villains start to reveal themselves? I mean,
2: this show's... The darker side of absolutely this series. The moment where the Death Eaters are walking through and they have the Muggle couple
1: mm-hmm. in
2: the air. That's a scary scene, right? And they're that's wearing a
1: mask and they're screaming, wearing mask, and-
2: and, yeah. And um, that's just a really scary scene. And so when I think about the maturity level of this book, yeah, I'm always like, woo, yeah, because in the previous books, the really scary parts. Are at the end. And we've talked about how it's kind of short. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about one and two, the darkest parts Mm -hmm. are at the very end. They're like 30 pages. But this book, it's like, you're 100 pages in. Yeah. Here you go. And Mm -hmm. so it just kind of sets the tone that, oh, things have changed.
1: Yeah. In a way, it does kind of have that dark moment. But then we get back to Hogwarts Mm -hmm. and it's wizard Cup, but something's off. Yeah. The whole time you're kind of like, something's not right. Yeah. Because it's not like we're getting as many... We're not getting Quidditch this right, time around. Right. We're not getting Oliver Wood. It's we're, We've got Mad-Eye Moody.
2: So one of my favorite scenes... Is when Malfoy is getting in a fight with <laughs> Harry and Ron, which it just shows also like the things Malfoy says. He's as, such
1: he's, a punk in this. He's such I a mean, punk,
2: but he's also just getting darker and worse, too, with yeah. age. So we're kind of seeing his progression yeah. from kind of just a twerp to turning into an awful person. Yeah. But anyway, so Harry and Malfoy are in a fight, and and then all of a sudden, Bang! "'Several people screamed. "'Harry felt something white-hot graze the side of his face. "'He plunged his hand into his robes for his wand, "'but before he even touched it, "'he heard a second loud bang "'and a roar that echoed through the entrance hall. "'Oh, no, you don't, laddie!' "'Harry spun around. Professor Moody was limping down a marble staircase. His wand was out, and it was pointing right at a pure white ferret, which was <laughs> shivering on the stone-flagged floor, exactly where Malfoy had been standing.
1: You think your school had aggressive Right, right? <laughs>
2: but then the best part, the best part is when... Professor McGonagall comes down the stairs. Um, Hello, Professor McGonagall, said Moody calmly, bouncing the ferret still higher. (laughs) What are you doing, said Professor McGonagall, her eyes following the bouncing ferret's progress through the air. Teaching, said Moody Teach? Moody, is that a student? (laughs) Shrieked Professor McGonagall, the book spilling out of her arms, and then later. Moody, we never use transfiguration as a punishment. Surely Professor Dumbledore told you that. He might have mentioned it, yeah, said Moody, (laughs) scratching his chin unconcernedly.
1: (laughs) Unconcernedly.
2: Oh, It's just such a good moment.
1: Well, also with Moody, we get introduced to... Basically, the three unforgivable curses, which the way she wrote that scene in the classroom where he's explaining them Mm -hmm. to him, and that's when we find out, like, now that I've read it before, when he talks to Neville, that moment where he's like, you're long bottom, aren't you? And Neville's just, like, staring at the desk. Yes. I was fascinated by that scene. Right. Um, Maybe that's the word for it.
2: I've always liked that Moody showed them the three curses. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but it just kind of made... The students aware. Yeah. Oh, this is what it looks like. This is something serious. Yeah. Kind of showed a little bit of fear. Somebody, maybe it was Ron, said like, "My dad told told me about one of them. Right. And I think it was the Imperious Curse. Told him about one, and it so it shows that like wizard family folklore right. warning kind of thing. Like what, can so, we t- what
1: can we talk to our kids about?
2: Exactly. What can we talk to our kids about? Like we would talk about. Don't take candy from a stranger.
1: Yeah, or like we would right. talk about cancer. Yes, yes. Things Here are the dangers. It's like, uh, these things exist in the world, and someday you're going to have to confront them. When is it appropriate yeah. for them to know? Dumbledore brought Moody in for that purpose. Yes. Of there are things in the world that are yeah. real that you need to know about. Yeah. And there's this question of, is it appropriate now? Mm-hmm. Should he's a four, fourth years be yeah. learning about these things? Like, are they ready? And Dumbledore and Moody at this point both think it's important Mm -hmm. that they do because it is real. It does exist. And that's an interesting thing of like, in our world, there are those conversations with your kids of like, these things exist. Yeah. Terrorism, cancer, and someday the kids are going to grow. They they live in a world where that exists. When are they ready to talk about it?
0: Hey, everybody. Sam here with a few quick announcements. And... Some sounds in the soundpad that still don't work. Anyways, let's jump into some shout-outs. First, I want to give a shout-out to all of our listeners in Tacoma, Washington. That's right, out there in the great Pacific Northwest, to all of our friends and listeners out there in Tacoma. Thank you for tuning in. We are so thankful for you. Also, want to give a shout-out to our friend Erica, who sent us a nice message on our Instagram about our episode The Giver. Erica, that was so encouraging. We're so thankful for that. If you have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts, hop on over and do that. It is so helpful for us. One, we get to hear from you and hear your comments, but also it helps us get the word out about the show. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at NYA Book Report. No capitals, no spaces. That's NYA Book Report. There'll be a lot of fun content over there some quizzes, some questions, and also news about the show. But that's all for me. Now, back to the show.
1: I mean, the Triwizard Tournament is kind of the central thing in yeah. the story. What, what did you think about it? What's your...
2: I enjoy the Triwizard Tournament, but then there is the lack of preparation from <laughs> Harry. That <And> just. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. As, like, a parent, now I'm just okay. wanting to pull my hair out because I'm like, you have... But then also as a former student in my life... How many of us have ever procrastinated and been like, I have three months until this happens. It's an eternity away. I have so much time. And then suddenly, oh, it's tomorrow. Right. So I enjoy it, but it's also kind of painful because I'm like, Harry, what are you thinking? But that's
1: the balancing act of it, of like, it's this fun inter-school, basically sporting event. Um, Harry's fighting dragons. There's... All these students, but they're all kids and it's right. all safe. But also they've talked about like contestants have died right. before and the tasks are very dark.
2: Very dark. They have
1: to get past a dragon. Harry is unsure if all Ron and Hermione right. and all of them are going to die and right. drown at the bottom. But there's this back and forth between like, is it real or is it not? Or is right. it safe? right. And Harry kind of gets busted on the second task because he thinks it's real. Right. And I was like, you idiot. They weren't going to let him die. Kill it's like, them. And I think that's what's fascinating about this book is like, you sense something sinister and dark. Right. And you're scared, but in the back of your mind, like, they're safe. They're at they're school. Safety rails. Right. Like, it's just a fun sporting event. Everything is okay. It's not. Okay it's not. <laughs> until it's not. Right. And then it takes such a turn. And I think that's where it's brilliant mm-hmm. of this whole. Book, you've been teeter tottering back and forth between like, is this really dark? Should I be uncomfortable and scared? Or is this fun? Is this like the Quidditch match where it's supposed to be fun and light?
2: It's kind of like you get a little bit of both too because, I mean, you can envision Harry flying around on his broomstick with the dragon, you know. Such a
1: cool moment. Yeah, so
2: cool. And then what's his name? Victor Crumb with his Mm -hmm. half shark head. Like, (laughs) that's awesome, but it's still scary. And I think about the fact that Harry is only 14 and everybody else is 17, which in the wizarding world is of age. And there is a difference between Harry, I think, and the other ones, too, just based Mm on his age. But it is scary. It's just well. But then there's also the humor, like when they were putting names in for Mm -hmm. the tournament. It's scary, and Dumbledore is very serious about it. But yeah. then you have the moment where where George and Fred yeah. try and get past the age right. line and grow a long beard.
1: Right. It's funny you mentioned the funny moments because this time around, approaching the third task, I noticed there's nothing funny. Nothing funny. And I think first time through, you don't notice it. You're just kind of like, oh, you know, oh, good. Let's right. get to the point. Yeah. Whereas this time around, I felt such a sense of for because I knew what was about to right. happen. There's no little light moments. There's no uh, Weasley's wizard wheezes. There's (laughs) just like this sense of like a weird calm. Even Mm -hmm. Harry's kind of confident going into the task. They're in the Quidditch arena where everything Mm -hmm. before was like intense in the Quidditch way. Like we got to stick it to Malfoy and the Slytherins. But it's not actually life or death dangerous. I felt that so much. Like yeah. I I started to get anxious actually when I was yeah. just reading the build up to the event cuz I'm well something is not right. The
2: stage is set to that it's a maze mm-hmm. um that they have to go through while also accomplishing tasks like there's something I don't know what it is about being stuck in a maze. But yeah. like have the you ever done a, yeah. a labyrinth? Have you ever been stuck in a corn maze? Like yeah. You could freak out pretty quickly yeah. if you...
1: Especially at night in the dark. Especially
2: at night in the dark. With
1: deadly animals and creatures. And a sphinx. A sphinx. sphinx. You see Harry, he's kind of been lulled into a false sense of security here mm-hmm. where he's like siding with the kid side of himself mm-hmm. of like, it's fun. It's a tournament. And it's because when Floor screams out. Right. And I think reading this, maybe because I'd read it before, I was kind of like, uh-oh, not good. Right. It says, Harry was thinking, was she all right? There was no sign of red sparks. Did that mean she had got herself out of trouble? Or was she in such trouble that she couldn't reach her wand? Harry took the right fork with a feeling of increasing unease. But at the same time, he couldn't help thinking, one champion down. Right. You see these two sides of him. Mm -hmm. like The kid side of him was like, compete, win. Right. Who cares? Right. But then there's the...
2: The unease. The
1: unease of like, is she okay? Do I need to go help her? But then
2: the kind of, is this fun or is this not
1: until the moment they touch the portkey. Mm-hmm. Which that moment for me, there is this brilliant writing thing she did, which I just want to give rolling a kudos here. because Dad
2: props, you can come on our podcast.
1: She uses a very visceral detail. The first mm-hmm. time Harry takes a portkey to the Quidditch yeah. World Cup, it says, it happened immediately. Harry felt as though a hook just behind his navel had been suddenly jerked irresistibly mm-hmm. forward. The fact that she went with the visceral, like his navel, for yeah. some reason that, that just stuck in my head. I'm yeah. like, why would you say it that yeah. way? That's, and then when Harry touches the triwizard cup. On three, writes it Harry. One, two, three. He and Cedric both grasped the handle. Instantly, Harry felt a jerk somewhere behind his navel. And I feel like the first time through, I wouldn't notice mm-hmm. that. But now that I read it kind of quickly, I was like, Porky. Yeah. There, it's a little detail where you're yeah. kind of in your, your head. You're like, I have heard those words. Yeah. And you just kind of flash and like, oh, crap. Yeah. What is happening now? And it's the end of a chapter where you're like, "Uh oh."
2: The moment when Harry and Cedric land in the graveyard mm. is one of those moments that I remember being so shocked because it all happened so fast, and mm. I think it shows the kind of the depth of Voldemort's evil. Yeah. But also just, yeah, how dark and how quickly, like, yeah, it came on. Because when Cedric is killed yeah. there's no like let me try and protect him it's kill the spare it just happens it just happens so quick so fast and it's it's shocking and
1: harry is so done yeah like he it is hopeless he has yeah. a broken leg he's tied up to a gra- and just yes. like that and i really think that's one of the reasons this resonates so much is mm-hmm. because that a lot of times when when childhood ends yeah it is that quick right suddenly it's just the world turns upside down right. in seconds I just, it's a very sad moment for very anybody. Sad. And I feel like anybody can, and this book gets into this for Harry, yeah. of processing it later. Yes. After he comes back from the dead, we have all these death eaters show up. We get this horrible scene with Voldemort basically chastising all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he challenges Harry to a duel. Yeah. And even reading it like the fourth time, I was like, Harry has no hope. Yeah. Harry's going to die. Yeah even knowing what's going to happen next, I'm in the, like how hopeless his situation is. He has a busted leg. He's surrounded by death eaters in the circle. Mm -hmm. He is so inevitably alone. Yeah. In this moment. And you feel all that. Yeah.
2: I 100% wept like a baby. Yeah. Not like a Voldemort baby in the pot, but like actually (laughs) weeping. Um. So this is one of my all time favorite scenes of all of Harry Potter. So Harry And Voldemort, they are dueling and their wands connect within the spells that they're doing. Yes. In this connection, all of the people that Voldemort has killed start coming out. They're like spirits. And I mean, first it's Cedric, and he says, Hold on, Harry. Yeah. And then it's Bertha Jorkins. And then it's his mom. I can hardly read this, so And now another head was emerging from the tip of Voldemort's wand and Harry knew when he saw it, who it would be. He knew as though he had expected it from the moment when Cedric had appeared from the wand knew because the woman was the one he thought of more than any other tonight. Then his mother comes out and she says, your father's coming. She said quietly, hold on for your father. It'll be all right. Hold on. And that I just, I don't actually have words.
1: I don't remember the first time I read it because it was 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I read it was the second time, I remember I was in Kansas City. I was out there. I went to a soccer game for a playoff game. And I was staying in my friend Sam's basement. And I couldn't sleep for some reason. And so I, I was reading this book. And I remember I got to that part and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, hold on, your father is coming. Yeah. We talked about 14-year-old boys wanting to do something impressive. Mm-hmm. If there is anybody who can say something into a 14-year-old boy's life, I don't, I don't know the girl's side of it. I'm sure it's, it's similar, but I can't speak to it. I never was a 14-year-old girl. But as a 14-year-old boy, anything your father tells you you can
2: mm-hmm.
1: do, you're like, I can do it.
2: Right, right.
1: And just the fact that Harry's father was coming for him. Yeah. And that's the words he needed to hear his entire yeah. life. Actually, we could probably talk about this. This is the thing Harry needs to hear to become an adult.
2: Well, and this is the first time in all of the darkness that Harry has experienced that he was protected. Yeah. And that is so meaningful. I mean, we, you said, and I agree, like you get to the scene, Cedric's murdered and you're like, Harry has no hope. How is he going to survive this? Yeah. And then he's not alone in it. And there's something.
1: There, There's I a spiritual know. sense to it. Yeah. I think, it, because even, As the wines connect, it says, And then an unearthly and beautiful sound filled the air. It was coming from every thread of the light-spun web vibrating around Harry and Voldemort. It was a sound Harry recognized, though he heard it only once before in his life. Phoenix song. Mm. And after that is when we start to see these echoes Mm -hmm. of these people coming out and speaking to Harry. It's a very spiritual moment because Mm -hmm. Harry, it talks about Harry is just acting. Right He's not even he doesn't know he can do it. He's not even thinking about what he's doing there. Mm-hmm. It seems to be there is some other force present helping Harry, and yeah. I think my favorite part about it is Voldemort is terrified right Any time for me when you want to see me start crying in a story is when show me a very bad villain, somebody very evil, mm-hmm. very dark, and then show me a scene where they are convincingly terrified, yeah, yeah. and I will start crying because. In our world, where evil is able to bully, rob, steal, mm-hmm. hurt, maim, terrify everybody, anyone who's going to stand up to evil and put the fear back into them, yeah. and to see it in their eyes of like, "I'm going to lose or start to be afraid, that gets me. Yeah. And I love that moment where no matter how powerful Voldemort mm-hmm. thinks he is,
2: like, it's so powerful.
1: Hold on for your father. It will be all right.
2: Yeah.
1: Hold on. And he came, first his head, then his body, tall and untidy-haired like Harry. The smoky, shadowy form of James Potter blossomed from the end of Voldemort's wand, fell to the ground and straightened like his wife. He walked close to Harry, looking down at him, and he spoke in the same distant, echoing voice as the others, but quietly, so that Voldemort, his face now livid with fear, as his victims prowled around him could not hear. James just starts telling Harry what he has to do. Mm -hmm. Hey, here's what you need to do, and you can do it. And that's what gets Harry going. Yes, yes. That, I cannot tell you how much I feel like every boy, probably every kid, needs that sort of thing. Yeah. To tell them, like, hey, I think you can do it.
2: Yeah. And I think this is interesting because we talked about how this kind of ends Harry's childhood. But he's also still a kid in this moment, like a kid who needs his parents. Oh, we can
1: talk about Mrs. Weasley here. You
2: know, so... <laughs> Mrs. Yeah. Weasley,
1: like, wants to go hug him yes. immediately out of Dumbledore's office. And Dumbledore says no. Yeah. You can't... Don't, don't question him, don't... Have, he doesn't... He have to tell the story yes. again. And it says Mrs. Weasley nodded. She was very white. I wanted to ask you that moment of seeing an adult who has no clue what to do. hmm This is, like, the first time where even the adults... Right. Or clueless. We have reached a situation that is so dark and scary, even the adults are affected by it, which I feel like as a kid, there's a moment where you see your parents and it's like even they're afraid. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well and and
1: that's part of losing childhood.
2: Yes. And I feel like Mrs. Weasley too probably doesn't know what to do for Harry either. Like because he's not her kid, Mm. she loves him, but she's like, Does he want what Mm -hmm. what what does he want? I don't know what to do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, even the fact that they came as like his parents right. for the Triwizard oh. Tournament. This is interesting oh, thing. That's such a good moment.
2: It's just has all. It was a powerful moment to me. I remember the first time reading it, but this time, I mean, maybe because I was already weeping from the moment in the graveyard yeah. with Harry's parents, but he's so alone. He has gotten to experience this moment with his parents, which probably magnifies the fact that he's alone as a kid Mm -hmm. in the world. And so then Dumbledore has said to them, said to Ron and Hermione, do not question him. Let him sleep. Let him deal with it later. Harry says, I don't want that gold. Harry said in an expressionless voice, you can have it. Anyone can have it. I shouldn't have won it. It should have been Cedric's. The thing against which he had been fighting on and off ever since he had come out of the maze was threatening to overpower him. He could feel a burning, prickling feeling in the inner corners of his eyes. Mm. He blinked and stared up at the ceiling, which this is part that moment right there. Just that little paragraph
1: Mm -hmm. is
2: like Harry thinking, I have to be an adult. I have to be a grown up. I Ah, cannot feel this. But then
1: I've done that. (laughs) Right.
2: We all have, I think. And then it wasn't your fault, Harry. Mrs. Weasley whispered. I told him to take the cup with me, said Harry. Now the burning feeling was in his throat, too. He wished Ron would look away. Mrs. Weasley set the potion down on the bedside cabinet, bent down, and put her arms around Harry. Mm. He had no memory of ever being hugged like this, as though by a mother. The full weight of everything he had seen that night seemed to fall in upon him as Mrs. Weasley held him to her his mother's face, his father's voice, the sight of Cedric dead on the ground all started spinning in his head until he could hardly bear it. Until he was screwing up his face against the howl of misery fighting to get out Mm. of him. And that moment where he says he's had no memory of ever being hugged like this Mm. as though by a mother. I mean, it's almost overwhelming because he had this almost moment with his mom in the graveyard. He got to hear her Mm -hmm. she She protected him him, but she still wasn't there she was an echo and so for mrs weasley like and we'll see this later on as the books continue Mm -hmm. where mrs weasley's like no i love harry like my kid and i feel like this is the first moment where she's like Mm. i got you and so we see kind of the contrast of him trying to be an adult and not crying about what just happened to him, even though adults can cry, but you know what I mean? And like, but still the kid where he doesn't want to cry in front of Ron, Yeah. but then the kid who needs a mom to hug him, like, yeah, but then they talk about all the things he just experienced that a kid shouldn't experience. So,
1: what do you feel about all that as a mom, as a person, as a, I mean, it just
2: makes me want to, it makes me want to weep. Um, and I think I have we wept. Um, I think about kids And I think about kids who are alone or who don't have parents like I had parents or who I hope that I am to my kids. Like, it's just, I don't know. But it's also just like a precious thing, too, because I love these characters. Yeah. I've seen Harry grow. It's just like,
1: yeah, tender. I think the reason it gets me is that there is something in the idea of your father coming for you that is about is as close as you can get to like like the softest place of my heart. Mm. And just, just the fact that his mom's telling him, like your father is coming for mm-hmm. you. He's coming, hold on. Because I, I think the first time I read it, I really felt that moment of like, Harry is holding on for his life. Mm-hmm. He could die. Yeah. And his mom says, your father is coming for you, hold on. I don't know there's something in that of like every kid needs to hear that. Yeah. And yes, weep for those who don't hear it. But I also love that Harry's parents were taken from him. Mm-hmm. But how many people stepped in mm-hmm. for him?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: How many mothers and fathers does he have around him? I mean, Mrs. Weasley is one. Sirius is another. Dumbledore is another. Mm-hmm. He's no longer a kid, but he still needs right. a hug from a mother he's to no cry. Long,
2: he's no longer a kid, but he's still 14.
1: Right. You know. But even me at 30, there are times when I'm like, I just need... Someone right. Me like that, that never goes away. Right. The inner child with you doesn't just like disappear. Right. He comes along with you, whether you like it or not. That's why I love this book. That's why I read one. 200 pages yesterday to catch up and finish this podcast and then immediately jumped into the fifth one. That's right. Because I was ready to go.
2: I started the fifth one immediately after I finished yep. this one, too. It just like the momentum that this one gives. Yep. Excellent, eh? yep. Five stars, J.K. Rowling. Of course. Five stars. You're welcome on our podcast anytime.
1: Anytime. And we will talk about that fifth book, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, That's on right. our next episode. Woop
2: woop. Thanks, All right. everybody.
1: Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time.